I'm Mick Gurdoya. And I'm Mark Innes. And you are listening to the hottest podcast in paddle, Inside the Wires. Welcome to Inside the Wires. Hands down, the best podcast in all of racket sports. Listener discretion may be advised for a younger audience. All right, welcome back to the greatest podcast of all time, or at least the best or top five podcast that you'll listen to this week, hopefully. Uh, I'm Noah, and that's Blake, and Ben is MIA for the time being, but we're hoping he joins us soon. Uh, we hope you all had a great Thanksgiving, spent some quality time with your favorite family members, and everyone probably has a creepy Uncle Dave someplace, so maybe he joined you this year, or maybe you had a convenient excuse not to have him come in with you. Uh, we're excited to be back and ready for a great episode with you today. On the show today, we have one of the top teams in the country, and the team that in 2018 and 19 had possibly the best paddle season of all time. We have John Hughes and Mark Powers joining us. So as usual, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of Inside the Wires. John and Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us on this late Sunday evening of Thanksgiving week. How's it going? Going well. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So before we uh, before we get started here, we want to give a quick quick shout out to Deb uh, Deb Jelson, Master Athletics. Uh, just had surgery. We're hoping she has a speedy recovery um, in her in her time off. But uh, guys, how was your how was your holiday? It was it was good, yeah. Um, it was uh, it, it felt like it went by a little fast on my end. I can't speak for Mark. Um, you know, things have just been a little busy. I I've got some family in town from Minnesota, so it's good to see them. Um, just trying to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of relaxation and, and played a little bit of paddle as well, which is good. Um, but here we are, uh, late Sunday night, and uh, <laughs> thinking about going back to work tomorrow morning. So it always goes by a little too fast, but it was a, it was a nice little break for sure. Any golf with the nice weather? I didn't get out there the last few days. Uh, Mark, I don't know about you. Maybe you did. No, no I'm, I'm kicking myself. Unfortunately, <laughs> I did not get out there. Yeah. Uh, left my clubs too far away. Um, I went up to Connecticut to uh, to hang with the uh, with the parents. Uh, we kept it a little smaller this year for for obvious obvious reasons, but uh, it was nice. The weather was was great. Um, got on the paddle court a few times and. Ate way too much food. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was it was it was nice. Yeah, I think there's a large contingency in there, but uh, I I don't know about everybody else. I played my fair share of golf this year. How's everybody's best round? Oh, so I I, uh, I definitely played a lot of golf this year. I I certainly logged more rounds this year than I had in my entire life combined. Um, <laughs> I probably, I probably logged this year 55 rounds, which was, was quite a bit. And I actually, I joined a club uh, as a guest member out in Long Island uh, called the Creek, which is just this gorgeous course in Long Island along the water. I was, you know, very, felt very lucky to, uh, to have been allowed to join as a guest member and, and hopefully uh, become a full-time member um, in the process right now. But, um, but it's 15 minutes from my office. 
And so, uh, you know, after, after work, I was certainly, I was certainly using the course as much as I could. Um, especially in the, the bad months of COVID, I was getting out there at least, you know, two or three times a week. Um, so yeah, I've, I've certainly caught the bug pretty hard over the last year. Um, and, uh, yeah. it quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I can probably attest to that because I think, um, I think I would say like 98% of Mark's and my, and my conversations uh, during the off season are primarily about our golf rounds and that's about it. <laughs> so um, yeah. So I know we've, we've both played our fair share. Mark, Mark has probably played a little bit, a little bit more than I have, but um, you know, I definitely got out there more this year than, um, than I have in the past. And um, it's something that uh, my, my wife and I, uh, play together sometimes so that's at least a, you know an activity that she and I can can go out there together so um you know it's always nice to do that you know after work one day on a nice evening in the summer or um you know on the weekend so um yeah definitely got out there uh quite a bit um, so, I know so, I would have liked to have improved a little bit more than I did but um you know coming along so uh, so here's the real question Mark with you playing as many rounds as you did now who's the better golfer between the two of you guys I'll, I'll let John answer that. <laughs> yeah, the the humble guy that Mark is, he doesn't want to say that he's a better golfer. Uh, so right out, right out in the open. But no, Mark, Mark is, um, Mark is definitely the better golfer of the two of us for sure. So th- here's another question. I'll tack on to it then. Have you guys played golf with any of the other guys uh, from Paddle? I mean, I've played handful of rounds with Martin. Um, and a couple of the other guys, Drew, Steve DeRose, who, by the way, is very surprisingly a decent golfer. Um, I mean, I, I don't know the answer to this, but there's got to be somebody out there who's a very good golfer that we that plays paddle. Oh, there are a bunch. I know I a mean, couple. I mean, Johan, as humble as he is, I was a yeah. car ride down to PFP, and I, I knew he was a good golfer. But he's, like, very clearly, like, in, like at, at, at the worst, like a two. Oh, um, my gosh. And I have actually, I've played with the guys I've played with. So I've, I've played with Jim Kaufman. I've played with, with John, obviously, a, a handful of times. Um, I've played with Max, who didn't play his best that day, but you could tell he's a, a very good golfer. Um, I mean, he didn't play poorly, just just he's, he's definitely a low single-digit handicap guy, I believe. Um, and I've hit a few balls with Martin, and he was obviously very clean on the golf course, just like he is in, in paddle. Um and Brad's actually a, kind of a, a, yep. a, a stick. He's a, a little bit of a hustler. He'll, you know, he's because he doesn't really track his scores all that much, and he'll he'll come out being a twelve, and then he'll shoot like two over. <laughs> and uh, but he's because he doesn't play that much. Um, but he's you know a great ball striker. And, and Jimmy, Jimmy Jimmy Kaufman's a, a very solid golfer as well. Um, so, so, so not being a tennis player. Um, is there a natural connection uh, like with racket sports or tennis to golf like there is with hockey and golf? Just from the swing or the, you know, the swing speed or things like that? I wouldn't say the same level uh, as hockey and golf. And I, I, I really only speak on, on experience because all I was I was good buddies with with a lot of the hockey players in, in college and they were all unbelievable golfers. Sure. It just felt like they held on to the face so well, and they were really they were steering the ball where they wanted to. There were really no erratic hits. Um, it was quite quite impressive. Whereas you know tennis guys, it's it seems to 
at, le at least based on experience with, with my friends from, from growing up and playing competitive tennis, it takes a little longer if, if you decide to kind of buy into it and that you're really kind of passionate about it. Those guys end up being very solid golfers, but not, not to the extent as, as hockey players. Um, I would assume it would probably be tougher naturally too, because you're for most people you're playing tennis outside the same time as golf season. So you're probably, if you're a committed tennis player, you're probably doing that rather than playing golf for the most part during season, right? Whereas sure. hockey is the off season, so yeah, it's yeah, easier. Good point. John, do you play golf righty or lefty? Uh, lefty. I okay. can't. I can't do anything righty. I well, literally you, cannot well, do anything righty. <laughs> you don't have a two-handed backhand necessarily. I actually do have a two-handed backhand, if you can believe it. Interesting. And, it uh, it Mark laughs at me almost every every tournament, especially in practice, because like when we warm up, I actually hit more two-handed backhands than I do anything else when I'm on the base when I'm you know hitting ground strokes from the baseline. And he's like, "What? What are you doing? Like you're not going to hit one of those when you." <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I'll, I'll you know, I'll whip it out every guys. once in a while. What's that? Yeah, I know a couple guys who are lefties that play golf righty, and I think a lot of that has to do with they're comfortable with their two-handed backhands. Yeah, right. So, yeah, no, I just I'm very left-hand dominant, so I've just everything that I've done, I've 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 done lefty. So, um, yeah. So, um, maybe it's a good time to ask this. What what brought you guys together as a team originally? I mean, you, I guess neither of you guys are I mean, like obviously most of the top players out there are are rackets directors and so there's probably a natural time they see each other during the course of uh of the season for that but what you what brought you guys together originally as a team yeah do you want me to take it mark you want to take that yeah, one yeah you, yeah you want me to take it um yeah it's a good question i think um actually um it, you know mark and i knew i think knew of each other just through um you know junior tennis a little bit and and, and college tennis we didn't we didn't play very far away from each other only about 10 or 15 minutes in college um but you know there was a little bit of an age gap there mark i think was uh, about three grades younger than me so we didn't really know each other that well i just kind of knew knew who one knew who each other was but um i think it was it was actually at a point where i was probably playing a little bit more paddle than mark was at this point um you know sometime around the, the 2015 season i think is, is when it was and i had actually reached out to to martin bostrom um, to see if he wanted to play like a little local tournament um, up in Hartford with me uh, one weekend. And it was like the same weekend as like Midwesterns out in Cincinnati. And I think he was playing with Seve at the time. So he, you know, got back to me and, and just let me know that he wasn't available. But then he, he said, um, you know, he mentioned Mark's name and he said, there's just this kid, Mark Powers, who's just starting to play and he's getting pretty good. And I'm like, yeah, like I know who Mark is. Let me, let me reach out to him and see if he wants to play. So, um, you know, we played a, we played one small tournament in, in Hartford. Um, yeah. in that 2015 season, but it was kind of, um, you know, we did okay. Um, but then I was sort of like playing with someone else already, you know, for the rest of that season. So Mark and I didn't really continue to play much for the rest of the season. I think we played one more NRT event in, in New Jersey and had pretty, you know, pretty solid results. Um, and I think at that point we kind of like talked about potentially, um, just starting to play together. So um, at the beginning of the next season, so I think that would have been like the 2016 season um, is really when we um, started to play together. And um, yeah, uh, we've been playing, <laughs> we've been playing together ever since. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of unusual, actually, as, as you know, that there aren't a lot of teams, seems odd, but there aren't a lot of teams that stay together now for, for the four years that you have so far, right? There seems like there's people stay together for a couple of years and then, uh, and then move on for whatever reason. Yeah, this would be our, what, our sixth season, right, John? I think it's our sixth season, yeah. Yeah, that's... that's, that's yeah, I, I've noticed the same thing, Noah, and I mean, I you know, I, it, that's one thing that's, that's nice, I think. I think, you know, just between Mark and me, it's just nice to be able to have that, um, you know, Mark and I have become such good friends and, and, and you kind of take pride in that, that partnership and being able to kind of stay together for as long as you have and, and continuing to kind of grow as a team and whatnot. So um, it's definitely been, yeah, it's definitely been good. It's, uh, it is hard to believe that it's, it's um, the sixth season <laughs> that we're playing together though, to be honest. Yeah, that's crazy. It goes by fast. And on a completely unrelated side note, uh, John, can you um, fix one of one of the pet peeves that I have, which is people mangling the name of the university that you went to? Oh, uh, Quinnipiac University. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. No, there's yeah, there's a lot of mispronunciation. And Mark, could you, you know, yours is tough, too. Can you tell, you know, uh, properly pronounce your university as well? Uh, Yale University. <laughs> oh, yeah. so it's not Yahweh. Okay. <laughs> and as everybody knows, Quinnipiac University was the the more prestigious of the two in the New Haven uh, area, of course. Of course. Of course. Well, certainly, certainly, that goes certainly for hockey championships in the last 15 years. Yeah, for hockey, I was going to say. That's it. There you go. Right. Hey, hey, Mark, can you uh, talk a little bit about uh, PFP? Obviously, uh, you know, it was a great, great weekend of, uh, as a spectator to be able to watch that live streamed uh, playing with Johan, I'm sure must've been great too. Can you, for the, for all of us that are never going to have the benefit of either playing in a PFP or, or certainly playing with Johan, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, you know, just another one of these events where, where Drew has just done, Drew and, and his team have done such a phenomenal job. Um and the members at Aronimink were, were phenomenal. Um, they were so much fun and so inviting and welcoming. And, um, you know, we really, had, we had a great time. You know, we got out there, we did, uh, we did a little um, quick, ex- not exhibition, sorry. We did uh, pro-am style sets uh, before, before the action began. Um, and, uh, and then we, we started from there, but both on the, the men's and the women's side, uh, the women's match was unbelievably impressive. It was really fun to watch. Um, but, uh, it was, I had a blast playing, playing with Johan. It was very interesting. Somebody who I've competed against for, you know, since, since I began, not really the, the early years, he just made me look funny on the court a bunch, but, uh, over the last couple of years, uh, we've had, had some real fun battles and it was, uh, it was interesting and, and certainly fun to, to be on his side of the court for once. Um, especially against, you know, such, such high caliber players and, in uh, in Martin and, and Drew in the finals. Um, but yeah, it was really, it was a, it was a really good time. Um, so they so did- seem to be getting better every, you know, every, every new stop. Um, and, uh, it's a, it's a great thing that, that Drew's done with the sport. Absolutely. So since, as we talked about, since you and John have played together for, for so long, uh, when you play with Johan, is it different? maybe from a strategic standpoint or how, how you guys were looking at the, the matches or anything like that? Oh yeah. Complete, completely different. Well, the, the biggest thing is the lefty righty thing. And, and if you really, if you think about who I've played with um, really in, in turn, any tournaments other than playing in like the, 
the um sorry what's the the tournament for nationals presence yeah. cup. I, think I, keep, I keep thinking baird cup now because <laughs> i didn't want to say that but uh yeah p cup other than playing with you know with george and i played played with blake once once this past year but beyond that i've only played with lefties you know all the tournaments i've played with i've played with nick in a, in a handful of events at the beginning of the year a few times um and then last year i played long island with drew so I've been so used to being on the ad side of the court while at net, and I've never had to worry about the righty ready shift. Now it's nice that Johan's six three and he's got the, the <laughs> wingspan of a of a nine foot man, but but beyond that, I, I did feel a little bit of a fish out of water over there. Um, at net, it felt it felt strange. At the baseline, it it felt pretty pretty fluid, and uh, we certainly felt pretty pretty comfortable playing with each other from there because I played. I played the ad, and he 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 can uh, he has mastered both sides of the court. Um, so yeah, no, you know, there's there's definitely intricacies, you know, in in, in playing with 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 uh, with with a righty when you've been so kind of in tuned with playing with a lefty partner. But um, but it was fun. It was a cool experience. So here's here's something that I was because I was watching you guys play on that Friday night and. I was personally at the edge of my seat during the pro flight breaker. And I mean, so for those who don't know out there, you know, in the pro flight third set, it's a uh, tiebreaker first to 15 win by one point. So at 14 all it's sudden death. And unfortunately the results probably not what everybody wanted um, on, on TV watching, but <laughs> I mean, can you tell us how, cause I've played one of them and it really is such a, different mindset when you play um you know just just thinking about the score you get to eight points get to 10 points and you know at least for me as a teaching pro i'm so used to telling people we played a seven played a 10 so in my mind i'm thinking it's over but it's a really tough push to get to that 15th point um you know how how is your how did you guys feel at uh you know at 14 all in that breaker yeah you know well Funny. Well, I'll, I'll end with the, the funny part of that, but um, you know, it, no lead is big enough in that, in that tiebreaker. And it's really hard to manage uh, kind of understanding where you are in the breaker um, because you haven't played it enough, you know, playing a 10 point breaker, if you're up eight, eight, three or eight, four, you feel pretty good. Uh, you get a few good returns and, you know, maybe one loose mistake, you know, you have, you know, you feel like you, you have it. Obviously we, we did blow a, a 14, nine lead, so that can happen in, in really any any tiebreaker, um, but it's a function of how the points are played versus set points, right? At, at 40 love, when you're up three points, you know, somebody's often going for a big rip return just to close out the game. But the, the issue is if you if you play that style too many points in a row, you've, you know, you've blown three, four points in a row and a four point lead in a tiebreaker is huge. Um, and that can completely mess with the momentum. Um, but uh, it's really interesting. Uh, we've John and I have played in, in in a handful of them and had some 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 grinding uh, third set super breakers or the uh, the PFP tiebreaker. We played Modic and Graham in one of them, um, and they're yeah we 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 blew a lead. We came back from deficit. Um, it's certainly uh, an interesting format, and it keeps things really interesting. It does keep keep you on the edge of your seat the whole time. Funny story though is. <laughs> I had no idea at 14 all that it was a, it was a sudden, <laughs> was one absolutely no idea. So when he folded, I started walking to the other side of the court and they were walking up to shake their hands. I was like, 
Oh man. Wow. <laughs> well, so I, Mark, I have to ask though. So when you, when it was 14 all and Martin serving to you in the ad core, are you, were you going to drive, try to drive that return? Yeah. Like, exactly. This is like Martin Boston probably has the best serve to the ad court out of anybody in the country. Probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I was not, I was going to let it go to the side, but I, go. but I would say 100%. If it was, uh, if I knew it was a sudden death point, I was going to try to drive it. <laughs> but it's, oh, I like that. <laughs> that that's Mark Powers for you right there. That is, that's not Every, the answer. Never, I, would, I, I won't shy away from the ball being on my paddle. <laughs> no, and you know what? That is, that is something that's very, you know, interesting that a lot of people don't hear. I mean, I when you jumped on the uh, live stream for PFP, I think one of the best things you had mentioned was, you know, your forehands, one of your shots, your high forehand. So when you get that shot, if it's not working in the match, you're still going to hit it. You have to trust your swing. And I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll quickly kind of go off topic for a second, but you, you mentioned the women's match and I thought, I totally agree with you. I thought that was one of the best women's matches I've seen in a long time, but it was so interesting that Macy and Marcel had never shied away from, you know, their strengths. They, they changed game plans, but they didn't, you know, they didn't take their best shots and put them in the back pocket. So I think for everybody out there listening, you know, trust your shots, trust your game. You know, if it's not working, you can obviously, you know, fiddle around with it, change game plans, but you know, you do want the ball in your paddle most of the time. And I think, I think that's good to hear from, uh, from you, Marcus, that I don't think it's said enough. Let me, let me follow up on that actually for all three of you guys, if you could, I mean, what's the, what's the mentality as you go into, and obviously hopefully it applies to club players as well, but if you have a strategy and you have something that you want to do, obviously the other team has a strategy of what they want to do or what they want to push. What's more important to you guys as you're playing, do you want to force your will on somebody else or do you want to react to what they're giving you? Does that make sense? You know, cause obviously both teams have a game plan and they're probably mutually exclusive, right? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take this quickly and let John follow up if that's cool. Um, I I feel pretty strongly that um, that you need to go in with your your get your your A game style. If you're at all close in level to to your opponents, you know, within a, a half a level of your opponents, you need to go in with your best uh, strategy as a team. And if, uh, if they are outright beating you, uh, if they're just outplaying you with their A strategy and your A strategy, you obviously have to adapt. The worst thing you could do is just sit there and, you know, have fun with it, but have fun losing because, you, you know, you're playing, you're having fun, you're playing the style that you want to, but you're just getting beat. Um, then you need to adapt. Uh, and, you know, that, that happens to, to John and I. If we, if we bring our, our B game or, or, or worse out against – against a team and they're just, they're outplaying us in, 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 in that format, then, then of course you have to either slow it, slow it down or speed it up uh, as best you can. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the, the core of your strategy doesn't alter as much as, as one may think, you know, you may, to me, changing strategy is maybe just put, putting more air underneath the lob, slowing down the ball, um, slowing down the point. Or if the point's too slow, starting to, to block lob a bit more, 
have them, you know, jumping on their back foot, hitting a few more down up overheads. And it's really, to me, it's just trying to control the speed of the point when, when I have the ball on my paddle. Uh, and, you know, if, if we're getting ahead of ourselves and, and maybe missing too many offensive shots, maybe just slowing it down and, and kind of getting back into the, the rhythm of, of, of the points until we have kind of a, a ball that, that would be very difficult for us to miss. And I think it's, you know, I'm the first person to say when you're, eight, when, you're, when you're in a match competing, it's not the time to start doubting the shots that you know you have in your repertoire. Absolutely. That being said, it's, it's really important to not be too proud to change your strategy against a team that's just outplaying you. Um, so there's, it's, a, it's a fine line. And, 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 and I would stress for the club, the club player especially, that when I say change strategy, you know, people will talk A strategy, B strategy, C strategy. These are not massive changes in strategy. They're small little things. They're small adjustments uh, that can help you change the, the pace or the momentum of the match. Um, you know, if, if someone's cutting you up, changing the height and the depth, uh, just keeping your opponent a little more off balance. But, uh, you know, they're, they're not these massive uh, changes in, 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 in a given game plan just based, you know, saying strategy A or B. But, John, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think you you hit it on the head mark and and i mean i maybe just to add to it and maybe to go back to your original question noah about um you know just reacting to what your opponents are doing I, I don't think it's ever a good thing to just kind of go with that approach and sort of just play um you know reactive paddle i mean i think you know and and, and i think it happens sometimes it happens probably a lot even at the highest level um and i, I know what happens to mark and me is like me especially early on in the season where you're just trying to um, you know, kind of get back into the rhythm a little bit. And then it's easy to kind of um, not even think about a game plan sometimes. It's like, okay, you're just kind of out here and, and trying to kind of um, your, work your way back into the season and things, things of that nature. But, you know, um, you know, just to, you know, to Mark's point, I mean, you always, you always have to have a game plan, an A, a B, and a C. And, and if you don't, and if you're just reacting all the time, I mean, you're going to just be, playing catch up the whole time, I would say, you know? Sure. Yeah. It makes good sense for sure. No, absolutely. So let's, let's kind of tack on to that question of sense for the two of you guys, you know, when you play and obviously you don't have to let everybody know what your strategies are, but how do you guys deal with, you know, the lefty ready? Do you guys, you know, does it depend on the team you're playing against, whether that, you know, whether you go to one corner or the other, or do you guys have kind of a set strategy for the lefty ready combo that, um, you know, that you put into most matches? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll take it, Mark, I guess, to start. And if you want to tack on to it, that's fine. I mean, I think, I think Blake, to answer your question directly, I think it really depends on, on who you're playing against. Um, you know, if, we, if we're playing someone, you know, a team that, you know, we feel like for whatever reason, it's just more effective for us to, to play the deuce guy a little bit more um, then maybe I'll, I'll take a little bit more of the overheads uh, and vice versa. Uh, if, if we want to play the eye guy a little bit more than, than Mark might take a little bit more of the overheads. Um, so that definitely plays into it. Um, I mean, with that said, if we aren't thinking about that, I mean, I know, I mean, Mark is, is so good and, and crafty, um, you know, up, you know, close to the net with, with his hands and, and he can do, he can, he can cause a lot of damage up there when he's kind of cutting, cutting off balls and, 
And when I, you know, when he's sitting on top of the net, when I'm kind of off the net hitting, taking a little bit more of the overhead. So, um, you know, that's definitely something that we try to do uh, as a team. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really think it just kind of, it really just depends uh, on, on who you're playing. So um, I don't know, Mark, you can, you can add to that though. Yeah. You know, uh, I, you know, it's, it, it's funny how, it, how it kind of all worked out the first, first season and a half, I was taking the majority of the overheads. Um, and I think that was just a function of, you know, lefty overhead. If, if you don't have that much bite to the ball, if you don't have that much spin, you're hitting into a lot of big, big high forehands on the deuce side, guys like, you know, George or, or Johan. And so we're like, all right, well, if I can bang overheads into the side screen, at least, you know, people are going to be you know, hitting high backhands or short hop backhands or, you know, pressing the screen with a, with a difficult forehand. So maybe I start out taking the majority of the overheads. And then uh, my, my arms started falling apart. And I was like, John, you need to really, you need to start taking these overheads. I'll just sit on the net. And all of a sudden he's, he's cutting balls that are moving, you know, half a court off the back screen. I'm like, why didn't we think of this sooner? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then I started feeling really comfortable up there and he, you know, he's so athletic. He can cover me over, over, over my you know, right side. If I get caught a little too close to net and they, they flick lob me and, uh, and I feel comfortable switching and helping me out there. But, um, and so that, that, that's, that, that worked for, for quite some time. And I, I think that we started, you know, after kind of having a few good, really, you know, successful seasons doing that with that format, <laughs> you had a few teams starting to catch on a little bit, um, you know, maybe switching sides, making, you know, playing with someone a little more comfortable retrieving that, the, the, the lefty overhead, the spin overhead on the, on the deuce side and putting, you know, a really offensive player on the ad side. Um, and, you know, people, people started adapting to our style, no question. Uh, and, uh, you know, again, I've been battling with, with arm and shoulder issues for, for a few years, but, over the last, you know, maybe half a season, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, I've been kind of gotten to the other side of that and have, have PT'd as much as much as I can and, and try to strengthen as much as I can. So, you know, I, I do think that it's important to have people who can uh, attack both sides. I think it's it's a huge um, advantage of of having a lefty righty is is you know if you have the ability for both the righty and the lefty to attack their respective corners. Uh, I think it's really important because, you know, for a long time, John was carrying the load of having to create all of the overhead offense. And over the last couple, you know, maybe six months or so, I've been working on trying to trying to at least help out if they do switch, um, making the ad court player feel a little more uncomfortable. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I would say as much as it, it's really good to have kind of your your, your best uh, strategy at, at you know at, in place, which I do believe is you know John taking the majority of the overheads and me on top of the net. I think it uh, it feels most comfortable, but I do I do think that it's important for both players to be able to uh, to, to to look to at least make their their respective corners feel uncomfortable and uh, not not getting too much rhythm. Yeah, no, certainly certainly makes sense. Um, switching gears a little bit, uh, can you guys talk about Long Island? I'm not sure if you guys have had a chance to see who signed up for that. I know, uh, obviously with COVID, everything's kind of crazy with who's, who can go and who can't go and things like that. But you, you guys know what's happening with Long Island yet? 
no I haven't heard anything from my end, um, but I don't know. I'm sort of out, I'm sort of out of the loop on that kind of stuff. Um, I, I as far as I know, it's 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 taking place. I mean, is that what you're asking? No, yeah, like, no, I, no. I I know uh, I've heard some people aren't going to be able to go. Be you know, especially again, I think yeah. a little bit different. Like the rackets, uh, the guys who are rackets directors at clubs. Um, can't go because their clubs won't get them, let them go. My mm. understanding is somebody had to drop out of the PFP event at uh, the last minute uh, last week because mm. they, their club won't let them, well, they would let them go, but then they'd have to be out for two weeks when they came back, that kind of stuff. So yeah. I, I didn't know if the field was going to be a little bit limited, um, you know, maybe more than it would be otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, I can't answer that. I have no idea, but I mean, just judging by, you know, I, I think I went a few days ago on, on the website just to see who had signed up. And I mean, it looked it assuming all the teams that signed up are able to play, it looked like a pretty, a pretty stacked draw. Um, so I don't, I mean, hopefully that's the case and, and hopefully we're able to play. I mean, I know, um, and Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, cause you're, you're playing out there obviously more than I am, but um, I think the, the long Island league, like the, the weekly league or whatever um, had, you know, shut down, uh, recently as well. So I don't know if that plays a factor, you know, into, into the tournament or anything like that, but. Yeah, no, I, 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 I know as much as, as you, um, as of now, I mean, it's, it's only, uh, it's not even a week out. So I, I believe it's, it's set to set to go. Um, I think, I think also what Noah's trying to get at is, is having you guys on the show this week going to give you the extra edge? <laughs> the bomb. We need everyone you have on this on this podcast wins wins their 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 That's right. Open for a little magic. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I did it the other way around. I'm on it too often, so I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that looks. I mean, looking at the you know at the teams. I mean, your top top ten teams that that look like they're signed up i mean there's going to be some good matchups um i think he, here's another thing we got to touch on just because i am looking at it real quick did you guys know that juan officially has a middle name <laughs> i did i did see something <laughs> and there's only one guy that would do this and juan's official platform tennis middle name is vamos <laughs> and i'm i'm very curious if uh you know, Mark Parsons has got to have a rebuttal to this, just like he has a rebuttal to almost everything. I feel like so, he, he's going to have he's going to print a hat with a vamos on it or something. He's gonna it, be, it has to be. He probably something. will. You're right. Because we had the conversation. I think you guys were actually uh, with me on the court with him at Darian tournament, and he said, "Oh shoot, I you know I forgot my outside the wires hat <laughs> for this tournament." So you know he's he's notorious for that. But no, I think I think Long Island again. I, I hope it. Hope it does happen. Unfortunately, we won't be able to play it, but um, you know, I hope we're able to, you know, to get most of these tournaments in. It's obviously been a been a wacky season, um, but yeah, I mean, you guys feel feel good going in. Have you played? Have you played much lately together? Other than maybe the Darian might have been the last one. We, yeah, we so we played. Um... We played the Atlantic tournament, Blake, uh, a few weekends back um, with, uh, you know, some mixed results. Um, you know, we I think we, we lost in the semis there to, to Anton and Max, and, they, you know, they played great, and they, they ended up winning the tournament. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, Darianne was definitely um, 
the first, you know, obviously the first pal term of the year. And I think, you know, Mark and I didn't really, um, just with everything going on and, and everything, you know, we, we, we hadn't gotten on the court as much as we, we probably would have liked to, or, or otherwise normally would have, uh, in years prior. Um, and, um, you know, between Darien and Atlantic, it was somewhat similar, but, uh, since then, uh, we've, we've tried to get out there and make, make a, make a concerted effort to get out there a little bit more together. Um, and just, uh, you know, I think more than anything, that's what it is. Just, just a little bit more court time with each other. Um, you know, but it, with that said, it's, it's tough sometimes logistically, you know, like Mark being in the city, um, you know, me being up in the Springfield Hartford area, you know, we're about two and a half to three hours from one another. So we kind of have to try to meet in the middle, you know, during the weeks and, 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 um, you know, after work and stuff like that. So it can be tough, but, um, but, you know, we try to make it work and we try to get out there as much as we can together. Um, so we, you know, we certainly have the last, um, couple weeks gotten out together. So I think we're feeling, um, definitely a little bit, you know, definitely more prepared, I think, uh, for this weekend than we have, um, maybe for the, the last couple of events, I would say. No, it's good. We, uh, you know, we obviously w- wish you guys the best of luck out there. We'll definitely be, definitely be cheering for you, but, uh, and, and we'll wrap up, uh, wrap up today's show with, uh, you know, the holidays are here and Christmas is pretty much right around the corner. So we'll ask the kind of interesting question. If, if you guys could have one shot, from any other paddle player on your Christmas list, what would it be? Hmm. Male or female? Hmm. I would choose. I'll start it off. You start? Add, okay. Add, add, All right. Are you, are you talking about add, adding to your game? Yeah. If you so like again, so I would say if I could add one person's shot or. Don't you know, take return don't, a serve, whatever it is. Don't take mine. Don't it take wouldn't mine. be wouldn't be Martin's tiebreaker serve. <laughs> uh, it would. I think it would be Brian Compton's return to serve. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I think he hits that backhand, and certainly he's been hitting his forehand a little more, but he just hits it so clean that I've seen lately that that's uh, that's something I I think I would love to add. Yeah. It is clean. That is for sure. He. Um... We we experienced it firsthand, I think, Mark. Right at nationals last year, it was. Oh, um, oh yeah. You know, everybody knows his backhand is is his best shot, and then um, <laughs> no, we kept him at bay for a set and a half, and then he just started teeing off on, on his forehand and backhand returns, and you know, just ground strokes during the during the during the points. So yeah, we're like, yeah. Well, why not? Why don't we just hit hit balls deep to his forehand? And he starts <laughs> teeing off on forehands. We're like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. No, he's definitely um, he's definitely picked up his game. He's impressive. Um, yeah, I mean I, that's a good one. I, I'll I'll go next, and I'll I'll um, you know uh, I'm I'm partial to my partner, so I'm gonna say just in general, Mark Powers' forehand. I think it's the best forehand in the country, so I would take that for sure. Wow. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> he, Mark, he's looking for a Christmas gift from you, apparently. <laughs> We're, we're sitting here wondering why you guys have been together for th- six years. I think we figured it all out. Uh, Mark, Mark, what about you? Any thoughts? All right. Apart from my partner, obviously, we're going to go outside the partnership here um, because obviously I just, I, there's a bunch of things I'd want, um, but it would, it would probably have to be uh, Parsons backhand. Um, if I could add that to my game. 
the way that he drives the ball off the deck, um, his ability to stay back on, on, on the serves and, and redrive with his backhand. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I feel very comfortable with my backhand, but, but in, in no way, shape or form the, the same, the way that, that he trusts, you know, the, that he trusts the way that he strikes that ball on returns off the deck, off back screens. So that would, that would probably be the, the stroke I would want to add uh, to, 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 to my game. Um, there are ton, tons of other shots that, that are unbelievable out there. Um, but where I'd say the, the hole that I would love to be able to fill a little bit. And, and, unless we're talking about height, can I steal someone's height? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think Graham would steal somebody's, you know, left-handedness. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, that, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I, I'd take Graham's height. That'd be nice. Um, no, but, uh, yeah, I, I think I'd go with uh, Mark's backhand. Noah, what about you? We're going to put you in spot here, too. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm only limited to choosing one from, yes. from anybody? You could just say Johan's game if you want. Wait. <laughs> you know. We're talking about one stroke. One shot. Come on. Yeah, yeah, one listen, stroke. Come on. One stroke. Um, at my level, I'll take anything from anybody that's better than me and, and not complain. How's that? <laughs> very, that was very, very diplomatic. There yes. you go. Yeah. That's right. It's the truth. Well, hey, we realize it's late on a Sunday night, so we'll uh, we'll let you guys go. But we do have one final non-paddle-related question that – Ben and Blake have been arguing about for quite some time. We'll ask this to both of you, but uh, puffy or crunchy Cheetos? Crunchy. No question. Yeah, wow, that was definitive. It's See, not, yeah, it's not all right, Ben's off the shelf for the rest of the year now. <laughs> what a, I don't even know what the um, who what is the preference of for you guys. Team Crunchy, my team, is above and beyond killing the puffy team. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I was going to tell you guys there's only one answer. So whatever you say, it's, you know, I might not care, but good answers from both of you. Question is, do you freeze them or not though? Right. Absolutely. Wait, what? Exactly. Exactly. That, that'll be another topic on the show. (laughs) Yeah. Step up my pat. I got to step up my Cheeto game, I guess. (laughs) Frozen ones. All right. Well, Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Uh, we really appreciate John Hughes and Mark Powers for being on today. Make sure to catch them on the APTA live stream this coming weekend at the Long Island Grand Prix. And uh, the, actually, you guys are Ben's team of the year to go all the way. So uh, not that there's any more pressure. But, uh, no pressure. Absolutely. Wait, I, wait I, I, thought of, I thought it was a Boston team. Or a Chicago team. Which yeah. Was, well, no, that, that, was, uh, that, that was that was what city had the best uh, likelihood of winning. But individual uh, teams, he had you guys. So <laughs> so, uh, so make sure everyone that. show them some support. Fade the black. Roll the white. That's Ben's cheesy sign-off. I'm not going to do it. Guys, thanks for listening today. I'm Noah. He's Blake. And we're out of here. See ya.